Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Jamie Martin. Each week, I interview coaches, spiritual explorers, and essential oil enthusiasts from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. I heard someone say, everyone needs enough grit to stand their truth, grace to accept who they are, and gratitude to live a happy life. And that perfectly sums up my new podcast series, Grit, Grace, and Gratitude, Navigating Emotional Well-Being with Essential Oils. Join me on this journey of learning about essential oils and integrating them into our daily lives. So let me reintroduce my guest, Jamie Martin, who is a return guest. And actually, her episode, Rediscover Your Brilliance, was one of the top five episodes of my podcast in 2021. Jamie is a life and leadership coach who was passionate about partnering with people who have been going so long they lost themselves. Her 17-year career in technology at companies like DoubleClick and Google, combined with intensive coach certification training, gives Jamie a unique perspective into what it takes to make a significant transformation for her clients. Working with Jamie, her clients end up standing in their power, even when they're doing the uncomfortable things they have always dreamed of doing. Jamie, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to be here. And I, I have to tell you that when you set, read that quote, I got goosebumps. Literally, my, my whole body started just being like, ooh, so, so excited to be here and having this, this conversation in the space that we are in in this world right now. When I ran across that or when I heard that, I had the same exact feeling because Grit, grace, and gratitude, I mean, really is how I want to walk through my life, actually. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about emotional self-care, and I absolutely find that fascinating, and I think you're just one of the perfect guests to be talking to about that. Thank you. I'm excited about it because it's one of those, especially, so to kind of backtrack, I'm in the place right now where my son literally this week just turned into a toddler. And what I mean by that is that there's tantrums all the time. And, you know, what a great conversation we're having, because as I've been looking at being mom, I'm looking at how do I actually hold the space for him to learn how to how to be emotional, you know, and what it actually looks like, you know, but I mean, he's two. So it's not like I'm. this is the starting point, right? Like allowing him the space to actually emote and understand, oh, that's anger that's what I'm feeling, or that's fear, or whatever it is, and labeling it for him. You know, Jamie, I love that you're already, you know, at at two years old, you're going to be encouraging him to feel those emotions and help him name those. Yeah, well, it's a, it was so important for me when I got into being a mother, because one of the things that I experienced, have experienced, and it took me a really long time, is actually managing my emotions. So in my 20s, I was super depressed and working with a counselor. And I realized that part of it was, is that I didn't, couldn't name them. 
I could not name my emotions. I, you know, a depression is actually the lack of emotion. And for me, it was a, such a struggle to be like, I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I couldn't even go beyond that. I could name the top five, you know, and now I've done so much more work on being able to be like, oh, so that's what that is. I'm grieving. I'm, you know, I'm actually disappointed. I'm angry. I'm every other thing below it. And then quite frankly, for a while there, I actually had to have the, a list of emotions on my phone. So I could look at it and be like, oh, huh, interesting. That's an emotion. I've never labeled that for myself. And so yeah, that's why it's so important for me to start with my son so young. Yeah, that's really what you were just saying, Jamie. That's so important. So let's just talk a little bit about a definition of emotional self-care because it may seem obvious, but it's to care for our emotions. And, and I was just going to say that can be so difficult for many of us, but emotional self-care is really identifying what you're feeling and then moving forward in a way that honors yourself and those emotions. And you just described that perfectly. Yeah. And I, I would say also the thing that I've, I've experienced with a lot of my clients is that oftentimes we try to move forward too quick. You know, and it's like we name it and we move forward, but we don't experience the emotion. And this is one thing I love about toddlers because they they experience it, you know, fully embody it. it. Um, but they don't know how to how to do it in a healthy, healthy space. Right. And so one of the practices I've actually been working with a lot of my clients on and for myself is what I call um, screaming therapy, because I think. We all have so much anger built into us, but we don't know what to do with it. And so, and I actually got this from another coach of, of mine who was like, you need to do something to let it out. You know, maybe scream a little bit. Um, and I found it so soothing to actually intentionally practice being angry in a safe space, whatever that looks like, and letting it all out. Jamie, that is so interesting that you're talking about that because it was just just in the last couple of weeks, I was talking with a, a girlfriend and we had both gone to the same, it was like a three-day workshop. And part of it was we all went to this, it was held at a hotel. So imagine this big conference room with, I don't know, 100, 150 people in there. They played very loud, emotional type music, and we were supposed to scream and let our anger out and stomp our feet and punch the air. And we were both saying how when we went in there, we didn't even want to move. We didn't know how to express that, that anger. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because I, my first experience with expressing anger was I went on a trip to Greece and we did one of the plate you know, smashing things. And I was like, this is amazing. And it was, so it was my first time expressing it, but it was, it, I didn't, I knew what that's what it was. Like I knew I was letting go of anger in that moment, but I was in a place that wasn't about anger. It was about joy and fun. And so it had a great container around it. What I hear in your experience is that it was a, it was almost too much of a shock for you to, to actually be in that space because the container 
wasn't something that you felt you could step into. And so that's why I love even just like I'm, when I drive, I, every once in a while, I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to do a little scream therapy today and just scream. It's great. Yeah, I love that. Now you're in, you are in the container and, you know, everybody's probably singing or talking to themselves anyway. So no one really cares what you're doing in the car. Yeah, and you can and you can go drive down the road, you know, commuting and scream, and everybody just thinks you're singing. They don't yeah, exactly. They, they don't have care. no idea. They don't care. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about maybe sharing one or two um, favorite quotes to get us started. Now, because I'm a quote junkie, I came with two, but you know, what whatever um, yeah. you have. So I love, I love both of these for today. There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. And that's Nelson Mandela. I love that. That's beautiful. Because I think it's so easy for us to play small instead of living that like I said, your first, the title of your, of your first episode was, you know, about um, what is rediscovering your brilliance, you know. And the second one, the knowledge of the past stays with us. To let go is to release the images and emotions, the grudges and fears, the clinging and disappointments of the past that bind our spirit. And that's Jack Cornfield. I love that both of those. That is beautiful too. I, I, you know, both of them resonate so much with me because it's like I, I'm so passionate in in my space, and it took me a long time to actually reclaim that word because I grew up feeling that that was a negative thing, just the way that it was framed up in my family. And it's funny because my mom, I've talked to my mom about this and she's just like, really? That's what you got from it? I was like, yep, that's what I got. Um, but she had no clue that that's what was coming forward to me. And I'm such a passionate person because I'm very similar to my dad. We are like the same person on a lot of levels, but we're passionate about very different things. So I've had to reclaim that passion because I, I know that otherwise I was, I'm playing small. If I don't ignite that, I'm playing small. And, and what good is it for me to be in the world if that's all I'm doing? The other thing I want to make sure listeners hear is that playing small is about you in your space. It doesn't mean what you're doing, right? Like it's how you're being in your space. Because I think sometimes we think that we have to go and, and save the planet when we hear going big. But Really, it's not about that. It's about whether or not we're shrinking in our space. And are we shrinking who we are? And that might be we don't have as many friends as we we would like, or we're not like actually engaging in life in the way that we would like to. So it doesn't mean that you have to go out and do really big things in your life. It just means that you have to make sure that you are living your life to the fullest, whatever that looks like for you. Oh, Jamie, thank you for that clarification, because you're right. You're absolutely right about about it's how we're it's how we're embodying our space or who we are. Right. Yeah, That's what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. And a great example is like I know two two people in my life right now who I can see shrinking. 
you know, I, I should say I see one of them drinking and I have a friend who sees the other one drinking because he's not he's not in my space. Um, and we were talking about it and, and it's such a simple thing. It's like it's all about connection. They're shrinking because connection's not in their space anymore. They're not connecting to people that that lift them up, that they can laugh with, that they have joy with, or even that that bring them into a space of having a different conversation than they've had before. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's go ahead and and get into our self-care tips for our emotions. And so tip one is going to be around setting boundaries. And I would love for you to talk about, you know, two or three ways of setting boundaries. Yeah, it's funny. I I do a lot of speaking around, around this because I think a lot of us, especially women, were terrible at it. But the first thing I would say is really understand what it is that you need, right? So until we understand what we need and what actually about like how that gets filled, it's really hard to put a boundary in place, right? So um, for example, a desire to work 40 hours a week. Like if that's what you really think you need, what's the reasoning behind that? Is it because like for me, I need to get a lot of sleep. It's just who I am. I need my rest. Otherwise I can't function. But I also want time and space to do things that I love doing, gardening, reading, spending time with my husband, spending time with my friends. So to have work bleed into that actually removes that from that piece for me. And that doesn't allow me to actually go forward. So knowing what that bigger picture is for me has always allowed me to set those kind of boundaries. So that's, I would say that that's one place to start. Um, The other place too is really thinking about creating intentional self-care, right? So, and that's going to be a place where you create boundary. So for example, like when I'm thinking about what I need, I've actually started um, getting certified in Reiki. And so for me, one of the things I create a boundary for is making sure I practice my Reiki sessions. And that's incredibly important to me. And so my husband knows I I will be getting it in, whether that's at lunchtime, whether it's in the morning, evening, like that's just going to happen regardless of what he wants. (laughs) So, you know, it may be that I have to negotiate a little bit, but it's saying this is really important to me because this is going to fill me up. And so that's one of the ways that we set boundaries. Yeah. And I wanted to get your thoughts about this. When we're setting boundaries, because I, I kind of think of a boundary as that is like a, that line that separates, you know, our feelings, our thoughts, our needs, and that the responsibilities of others. So if we're always saying yes, and we don't ever set that boundary to say, no, that really impacts the time that we have to care for ourselves, be with our husbands, our children. And after a while, I think that people think we're superwoman and can do it all. And yet we're breaking. And yet we're breaking. Exactly. Yeah. 
one of the things that, you know, when I'm looking at, at, at things from that perspective, when I see people saying, yes, 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 it's really important to actually look at what is driving you to say yes, right? Are you saying yes because you feel guilty? Are you saying yes because, like you said, you set the expectation. So now you have to, in your mind, continue to actually say yes because that's the perception you people have of you and you are afraid that you're going to be perceived as weak, right? Um, sometimes saying no is super uncomfortable. So we're not actually ready to say no. We're in that space of like, oh, if I say no, that just that makes me feel uncomfortable, even if there's nothing else around it, right? I've also had people tell me that they were growing, they grew up in a culture that actually said, your needs do not matter. So they, you know, you've built this, this belief structure based off of how you were treated to say, you have to say yes. So it doesn't matter what you, what you think you deserve for self-care and what you actually need is that it was so it's so ingrained in your head to say, nope, it doesn't matter. If I am breaking, that is my job and my responsibility to break because I don't matter. Um, and so we actually have to distill that down a little bit more before we can move forward to setting boundaries, right? And knowing what it is that has us saying yes, whether it's coming from guilt, whether it's coming from culture, now we can start to dig into it a little bit more and saying, well, what about that is actually driving this? What what has me continuing to lean into that? And what's the new story I want to create? Jamie, I was just going to mention, you've got a perfect example of you and I. And I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to use it in this boundaries um, because I think this would be a great place for you to just kind of talk about the story of a few weeks ago. For sure. Yeah. So we were supposed to, we were supposed to have this conversation about a month ago. I messaged you relatively early in the week because my son was just, he was starting to feel not so good and I could tell something was coming and, and I knew you know, I, I had that talk in my head, like, nope, you made this commitment, you should do it. But then I stepped back and I said, wait a second, this is a, first off, it's a talk about self-care, <laughs> right? Like, it's a, so if I'm thinking, and I'm going to lead from self-care, what's the most important thing that needs to happen? And I knew that if my son was sick, I would not be in this space to show up and really give myself um, and, the, and the listeners and you, Cynthia, what you needed from me. And so I actually canceled it. And two days later, my whole family ended up with COVID and we were out for a good four days, you know? And so it was one of those where by really listening and taking that step back and saying, you know, I know I committed to this thing, but what's commitment really look like? For me, commitment is being able to show up fully, being a hundred percent there being able to have this conversation in a way where I'm not in the back of my head going, what's happening with my son? Is he okay? Did the fever break? Is my husband okay? That's commitment to me. Yes, we scheduled a time, but being able to say, hey, I'm not going to be able to be fully present in this is more important than the time piece of it. I knew we could move it, right? I knew that that was a capability that we had. And you know, it, what was interesting, Jamie, is when I got your message, 
I was like, oh, yes, she is modeling self-care. I love this. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, hey, we're talking about it and somebody's actually modeling it because sometimes we do see that, right? That especially with the perfection of social media, we see this perfect world and perfect space. And sometimes when you start to look behind the surface, you start to realize that everything else around you, around that image is falling apart. Yes, absolutely. Within each of our tips, I'm gonna actually talk about an essential oil. And so here we are, we're in our tip around setting boundaries. And I wanna talk about basil, which is the Mm -hmm. oil of renewal. Um, So basil, it brings strength to the heart, relaxation to the mind. It helps to relieve sadness and creates a loving vibration that is helpful when dealing with people who are difficult. It helps those who have lost themselves through constant sacrifice to others and can also help with mental burnout and fatigue. So in the way we would use basil is place a few drops of basil essential oil in your diffuser to um, clear anxious feelings. It promotes a sense of focus while studying and reading. Apply a small drop to your heart to keep it open when facing a challenging situation or place a drop in your hand and rub them together and then take a deep inhalation and that's just going to help you feel energized. And so that is my essential oil tip for setting boundaries. Oh, I love that. I Basil, I love basil. I have a whole ton of basil in my, my yard. And now I'm like, hmm, wait a second. I can I could probably distill that down to an essential oil. Um, the one thing I, I love is that that it can clear, like you said, it can clear you from some of that negative energy. And the, the thing I would probably add to some of that is actually, you know, do a little blessing. You know, if if you're spiritual in any way, actually bless yourself as you're doing it and being like, I, you know, I'm blessing myself and I'm, I'm releasing that negative energy. I'm, you know, this basil is going to help me release that negative energy and be open uh, and, and showing up fully and completely and honoring mm. myself. Cause I think that that's the other thing about boundaries is it's, it's about honoring what, what we need and how we put ourselves in the world in a, a, a positive way and keeping that, that, flow going versus shutting the door. Because sometimes I think when we talk about boundaries, we feel like we're shutting doors, but it's actually about opening yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie, thanks for adding that that extra tip on basil there. So, okay, we're going to move into tip number two, and that is journaling. Now, I have talked about journaling on the podcast goodness gracious, for several episodes, because I just think journaling is just so important. And it's just a wonderful way to deepen our understanding of what's going on in our lives. And I've talked about how there's the beauty of journaling is there's no right way, there's no wrong way. It's just a deeply personal experience. And do you journal, Jamie? I do off and on. I get into like a, oh, I'm gonna journal, I'm gonna journal, and then like it fiddles down. Um, partially because I'm, I, I do a lot of different self practices, 
And so one thing I've learned is that for me, it's about doing the practice that makes the most sense in the moment versus being so rigid about it. But I, I love journaling and, and it's something that I actually with quite a few of my clients talk about, you know, write up, write up what's going on, actually dive into it. Let your, let your subconscious and your conscious actually show up in a way that maybe when we're talking, it doesn't, it doesn't want to play. Well, I have five journaling prompts that I I was going to actually talk about here. And if you're driving, you know, please just listen to this or, and don't try to, you know, close your eyes and, and, um, while you're driving. But if you've got, a, you know, your home and you've got a space that you can grab a pen and a piece of paper and maybe just write a, jot down a couple of words and you can go back and finish this later. There's this new book out and I believe it's by Jenna Kutcher and it's called, How Are You Really? So that would be a journaling prompt. How are you really? Just reflect on that without judgment. Just take a minute and write that down. How are you? What do you need today? Write down what's up for you. Describe the most unforgettable moment in your life and get specific. And think about the last time you cried. What made you cry? And what is preventing you from addressing that feeling, sitting with that feeling? So how did those land with you, Jamie? Oh, those are great. I have so much I could talk about on on all, all of them. I love the hello, you know, hello, how are you really? And, you know, not even just from a journal prompting, but actually how we start to show up, you know, so showing up and saying, you know, I'm really crappy today to the person, whoever it is, you know, even if it's, you know, the Starbucks person, they're like, how are you? And you're like, you know, I'm, I, I really, like I say this all the time, like I really need coffee. <laughs> That's how I am. I really need coffee and I'm going to apologize already because you're dealing with that with me without coffee. Um, But when we start to show actually be vulnerable in that way and not just say fine, I'm fine because that's such a default. It's it becomes some place where we we can connect. Where we can actually connect with people. You know, and I'm thinking about this from a work standpoint, you know, in the past, you know, people would ask, you know, how you pass people in the halls and they'd say, how are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. And at one time I said, do you want me to tell you how I really am and the truth of what I'm feeling? Or do you want to hear me just say fine and we go about our day? And I remember they just kind of like looked at me and and didn't know what what I was actually trying to say, but I was really trying to say we're not all fine every day walking down the halls. We all have lives going on. Right. Oh, and I love that you actually intentionally did that. That's great. I've done that too before. And and it's funny because at work I, I wear I wear it all. I I very, very rarely hold back. 
um, or at, when I was in the corporate world, I should say. Um, and I still do, but it's a different context, right? But it was, it would be interesting, like to, you know, kind of be like, yeah, no, I'm really frustrated today, you know, and, and open that door. And even to the point of, you know, I would, I would ask the other person, like they would say, oh, I'm fine. And I'm like, you don't look fine. What's going on? And be like, let's go talk, you know, and what a great way to start building connection. Right. And we're not in person as much anymore, but you can hear it. Yes. You can hear it. And if you start to pay attention to what your other senses tell you and essentials oils are a great way to actually start to practice using our other senses for things. Right. Um, Because we don't use our nose that much. We don't use our ears as much as we can. We don't like actually let the feeling come in. And so you can actually sense over the phone on zoom, what is actually the other experience of the other person and what a great way to start opening the door to other people to build that connection. And one of the things that we have right now is another pandemic of isolation and loneliness. And those things are self-care, right? When we address those things, that is self-care. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a, a friend who, who I work with, and we both, well, every so often, I mean, we talk all the time, but every so often we'll be, okay, we need our sacred space. I need to really tell you how I'm feeling and what's going on in my life. Mm. And, and I love that I have a friend that I can do that with. Yes, for sure. To, be, to, just, to just put it out there. Get it all out. Yeah, yes, for sure. And then the the next prompt was about what do you need? And I, I love that question. And I think that that's another question you can actually embed in your day, especially when we go back to that setting boundaries, the yes, great practice, pause and ask yourself that question. What do I need? What do I need in this moment? And that's going to tell you like, oh, I'm about to say yes automatically. And what I need to do right now is actually say no or I love this piece too. A, a business coach of mine said this, a yes, but. And what you can do with the yes, but is you put boundaries around the yes part. Right? Oh, that's excellent. Uh-huh. So like if somebody's like, hey, let's do an all day thing. Yes, I would love to do, you know, maybe it's go to the zoo, but why don't we just keep it to two hours? You know, and so Perfect. it's a great way to, to really create a boundary and not shut the door completely or feel like you're shutting the door completely. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the, the essential oil tip around journaling. And that is Clary Sage. That is the oil of clarity and vision. So, you know, it's got this woody aroma, it's balancing and it's calming, which makes it perfect when emotions may a bit be a bit too wild to like sit down and journal. So it teaches us to be satisfied with our achievements and it just kind of like whispers to us to be at ease. And it increases the ability to visualize and imagine new possibilities. You know, so you could add that to your diffuser to set a, a calming atmosphere when you're journaling or, um, Add it to like some carrier oil 
and rub it in your palms and on your wrists so you can have that aroma. And I just think that's a great way as while you're journaling, especially when it's, you know, teaching us to be satisfied with our achievements to just kind of like get it all out in our journaling. Yeah. The, the thing, the idea that just popped in my head was actually put a little in your journal. Ah, so every time yes. you open your journal, like you, you maybe you save that a specific journal for when you're dealing with some of those bigger emotions and stuff and you want to be more at ease, like sprinkle a little in your journal so that every time, so you don't have to think about it. Every time you're like, oh, there it is. There I it love is. that. Mm-hmm. It love just, that. as you were talking, it was like, oh, I, this, this could be an idea. Yeah, keep those coming <laughs> as we're going through. Yeah, for sure. So now we're going to go on to our tip number three. And that's gratitude. Would you like to talk about gratitude and simple ways to practice gratitude? Yes, gratitude. Gratitude is one of those mo- one of the most powerful things we have as a, in our toolbox. And yet, I feel like people simplify it, like simplify it to the place where it becomes a to do. Um, and what I mean by that is the whole idea of a gratitude journal gratitude journal can get so into the like routine of I, you know, here's the same five things. Here's the same three things. And the thing that I've really been working on myself that shifted my whole gratitude practice is embodying it and actually feeling the gratitude. So when you're imagining gratitude for somebody else, really feeling what it what it is about their being that really wraps you up feeling that hug feeling the love around it and letting it really percolate throughout your whole body and literally allowing the experience of it because when we do gratitude journaling where it doesn't connect to that experience and feeling of gratitude it's doing nothing, right? Because we're just kind of like, all right, this is what it's, it's like brushing your, I mean, it's not doing nothing. It's doing a little bit, but it's, I've heard people who started practicing are like a year and going, oh, nothing's changing. Nothing, I'm not feeling anything. And it's because they're, they're literally just putting words on paper and not feeling into it. And so for me, that's the biggest thing is, is allowing yourself to feel gratitude throughout the day or when you're, you are journaling, right? So if you're journaling around gratitude and it kind of goes back to that essential oil piece, right? Is actually allow your senses, all of your senses to play into it. And so if you know that you're super grateful for your mom and she has a specific smell, pull that smell in so that you can get that experience and open your heart to her. Um, even though she's not there in, in really allow that to soak in because that's, that's where gratitude is. It's in our bodies. It's in our souls. It's not, it's not up here in our brains and, and the journal, the, the journaling prompt or journaling aspect of it is using our brains, but really it's, it's so heart centered, so embodied centered piece of it, that that's, that's really where gratitude comes. And so that's one big piece of this. No matter what you do, 
that's the key. So whether it's I'm praying gratitude before meals, make sure you're actually feeling the gratitude piece of it and not just saying the words. Um, you know, you can even simply experiencing a cup of coffee and allowing yourself to really connect to gratitude for every element along the way that created that cup of coffee, every farmer, every plant, all of, you know, the sun, all of it, and letting yourself kind of be like, I can take this in. Jamie, I really love that you gave a different spin on gratitude because a lot of times people do talk about gratitude journals. And as you said, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're writing the same three to five things down, you're not experiencing, as you said, in a heart-centered way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's interesting because at, at, you know, when gratitude journaling came about, it was such a revolutionary idea that a lot of people jumped on it and it did make changes, right? Because we had gone from no gratitude to gratitude. But now that we're more practiced at at all appreciating things in our lives, it requires a more intention and more embodiment of it. And that's really you know, where things shift. So here is the essential oil tip for gratitude. And it's a, it's a essential oil blend called Forgive. And it's a renewing blend. And it was formulated to assist um, people who desire to forgive. Now, I know we're talking about gratitude, but sometimes involved in that gratitude is forgiving forgiving other people and forgiving ourselves. And I absolutely love this because the ingredients in it is like juniper berry. So it acts as a guide on that path to wholeness. Um, Time, it transforms hate and anger into love and and forgiveness. And bergamot, which is the oil of self-acceptance. So I love using that particular um, blend because it just encourages that feeling of peace and forgiveness, which is that heart-centered peace that you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and I love, you know, we, it's really hard to actually get into gratitude if we haven't overlaid forgiveness, right? Like we really do need to be able to say, I'm releasing the energy around the situation, around myself, around others, in order to actually be grateful for them. And, you know, some of the the techniques that as a coach, I, I work with my clients on is, and we talked about this earlier, right? Intentional emotions, let the emotion out. And then you can move into a place of starting to be like, how, how can I forgive myself? How can I take responsibility for this? And that's when you can get to a place of being, you know, really getting to that peace that you're talking about. And that's where gratitude comes in, right? When we can get to peace with what's, what's occurred, that's where gratitude comes in. And it doesn't have to be as complicated as we think it is. Sometimes it's literally just doing what we just talked about. Release the anger, do a little journaling and self-care around it, and then lean into the gratitude. 
and fill it and fill it with all of your heart. And I just wanted to mention when we're talking about gratitude, it can be watching as something as absolutely beautiful as a sunrise or a sunset and being just grateful that you're there with your family witnessing that. Yes, yes. Or I mean, what I do is at night, I literally I, I, I look at my husband and I imagine my son and I imagine us all cuddling together and allow myself to really feel the love for them and, and my gratitude for having them in my space and in, in my life and, and being present. Like it's, it's the simplest things. And, and I will say that that is, that's the one practice that I know keeps my relationship moving forward in a a really healthy and positive way. Because even when we've had our tough, toughest times by ending the day and being like, God, I am so grateful and so love this man next to me and feeling it in my body. It really, it sets, it sets me up to wake up the next morning and be like, okay, now we're, now we're, how are we tackling the day? That is absolutely beautiful. That touched my heart. Good. Beautiful. All right. So tip number four, and that is avoiding toxic people in your life. And now maybe we might want to come up with a different title for that tip. But what I'm really what I'm really trying to say is to be careful of who we allow to drain our energy. And it goes back really to setting boundaries. Yeah. But what I'm hearing is it's it's a different boundary. So one of the things that that I think I mentioned I'm I'm practicing and um, getting trained in, in Reiki. And what I'm seeing is it's it's not necessarily that we're avoiding it, that we need to like avoid that energy and whatnot, but it's that we have to protect our own energy from it. And that doesn't mean that 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 we cut those people out of our lives. It's just that before we know we're going to interact with something that somebody who brings that toxicity in and that we take, we know we take their energy, right? Because some people yes. they can be toxic and we're like, whatever. I don't care about you, but there's other people where the energy really just gets sucked out of us. And we we're left with like, what is going, what just happened? Why am I tired and miserable and and craving chocolate? Um, So really it's that practice of, of, of creating an energy shield and saying, you know, being very intentional of like saying, this person's not going to drain my energy. They, they don't have my permission to take that energy from me. Mm, that was great. So when you're, as you're learning Reiki and everything, is there a way that like you do that? There is, there is. And I, <laughs> I'm only laughing because I'm still kind of like, like trying to figure it out myself. Um, uh-huh. I, I luckily met a, a wonderful woman who Mandy, and I can't pronounce her last name. So I apologize, Mandy. Um, but if anybody wants this, just put put a note in and I will make sure that Cynthia has <laughs> her name. But she does Reiki work and coaching work. Um, and I started this year out really wanting to look at intimacy in my life and realizing that it was the it was one of the places I hadn't looked at. 
in my own journal and journey and that it was a place that I craved um, and, and craved in a very specific way. And one of my friends suggested working with Mandy. And so she started doing Reiki with me and I was like, whoa, whoa what, what is, I, I really opened up to it and was like, this is so powerful. Um, and it's similar. I don't know if people don't know what Reiki is and, and you understand acupuncture, it is in the same vein of that. And it's, it's very energy oriented work. Um, they're, they're similar ish, but there's always differences with, with how that plays out. But unlike acupuncture, where you actually have to go study Chinese medicine because you are working, I mean, you're, you're working with needles for goodness sake, right? Um, with Reiki, you're working purely with energy and the energy fields around us and and for everybody who's listening, that's a, that's like, what is she talking about? I just want to remind you, I'm an engineer by training. <laughs> so, so totally understand that it feels like really out of, it can feel like it's really out of left field. Um, but when we start to ground it in what we know about atoms and the way, you know, scientifically the way things work, it's all energy. Um, and so you know, from the engineer perspective, I'm like, that makes sense. It makes sense. Um, of course, it's hard to prove some of it, right? They're doing a lot of studies. And, and this is how my actual Reiki master, I guess, is it teaches it is to talk about like, what are the studies that help show that this ancient healing art, um, which we've all known as as humans, even though it only became an actual practice in the like early 1900s. Um, we all have it in us. We all have access to it. And so she, she does a lot of studying around like how has science started proving this? Um, but the way you go through Reiki is that you have different levels of Reiki training. And the first piece is that you have to actually work with your own energy. And that's where I'm at right now. It's level one and you, you get, I get some training around the history, the the chakras, and you know, like I said, the studies around it. But then I also get to learn to practice on myself because that's one of the biggest things as as a healer, so to speak, both coach and healer. Um, you have to you have to do your own work. You have to do your own work, and so and that's been super powerful for me is is just experiencing what it looks like for me versus having someone else do it and, and seeing those differences and starting to trust myself in the process of it. Um, and then you go to like another level up and that again is still focused in on you. It's not until the third level that you can actually go out and to, to actually heal, so to speak, other people and, and guide them through the process. But it's, it's such a fascinating thing. And it's interesting that I started the journey in from a place of intimacy and really what it started doing is reconnecting me to my spirituality. Um, I had a very, I mean, talk about to toxicity. I had such a toxic relationship to spirituality. I, I was raised Roman Catholic. And when I, you know, I told my husband, I said, when I grew up, I looked at it, I, I was so into it. I mean, I thought about being a nun at one point. That's how 
how into Catholicism I was. And when I hit my 20s and had my hardest time, I think I mentioned I, I had a depression, depressive episode in my 20s. And I just really couldn't connect it. I couldn't find peace in it. Um, I was actually suicidal at one point and, and I believe in God and a bigger, higher being. And that was what stopped me, but it wasn't the structure of Catholicism that didn't give me any solace. And so I've, I've really struggled with it for the last 20 years and Reiki really started opening me up back to what is spirituality for me? What does it look like and how, how do I experience it in the world? Now, I love that you're talking about spirituality and you, that you also talked about being an engineer by training because that's one of the things that I'm really interested in the essential oils. One, the science of it, mm-hmm. and two, the emotions of it and the spirituality. And I just bought this book called Aromatherapy for the Soul healing the spirit with fragrance and essential oils. And I'm just absolutely loving it. I love it. Well, and so it's so powerful because again, especially for us who are very thinking oriented people, engineers are very thinking oriented people. (laughs) I mean, I I can say it because I've I've been surrounded by engineers my whole whole career until more recently. you know, being in the tech space, you you just are. And, and I can embody both spaces very easily, but like being thinking oriented, we need, and we talked about this already, we sometimes need to start get all of our senses involved. And that, that aromatherapy allows us to actually pull back the emotion and, or not pull back the emotion, but pull back that thinking mind a little bit and let it calm down and be like, it's okay. Like, I don't need you right now. I'm going to, I'm going to experience this aroma. Well, the, the oil that I'm going to talk about, I think is absolutely perfect. And it's called peace. Mm. And it's a reassuring blend. And it's got spearmint in it, which encourage individuals to take a public stand on behalf of their values and opinions. And it's got ylang-ylang, which assists in accessing our intuition or that heart knowing. So, I mean, it's also got lavender and vetiver and marjoram and that clary sage that we talked about earlier. But that also is just a, a wonderful um, blend. As While we're talking about tip four, which was avoiding toxic people. Yeah. So we have touched on four self-care tips with tons of information within each tip. I mean, so I really feel that, you know, people are going to be able to get a lot of information out of this episode, Jamie. So do you have any, like, I want to say party words, or do you have a big takeaway from the um our talk that you want people to get? Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, when you talked about the quote, I pulled something from my own work and it actually lands so well right now for me in in what we've talked about. And, you know, it's really having the courage 
to say, I'm going to break the patterns in my life that aren't serving me anymore, right? Like actually stepping into that courage to say, no more. Like I deserve to feel and embody and experience my life fully and completely. And I am going to start doing that. Whether that is creating boundaries, whether that is journaling, whether that is really stepping into that gratitude practice and feeling our emotions, you know, it's, it's taking that courage. Can you tell people your website and how to work with you, your social media? Definitely. So I'm on Instagram at Jamie Martin Coaching. I'm on Facebook also at Jamie Martin Coaching. And LinkedIn, people can follow me there from a more corporate perspective. And that's, you know, look up Jamie Martin. Um, I don't I don't use my business page. So just look up my name. Um, and then my website is, and this is super, you're all going to be surprised, www.jamiemartincoaching.com. <laughs> so we can find you, you everywhere. Everywhere. Jamie Martin under, Coaching. Yes, yes. I had a dear <laughs> friend of mine tell me, she's a counselor, and she looked at me and she said, Jamie, don't name your business. Just use your name. It's so much easier. Um, but the way people work can work with me is I've got a couple of different offerings. One is one-on-one work. Um, where we do a lot of what we talked about today, where we dive deep and we go beyond like what actually has you not taking care of yourself. What is that? And, and getting into a lot more details around some of that journaling. And then what are the practices that you specifically need to take on? So I do that kind of work. I also have just recently launched um, a six week challenge called Positive Intelligence. And it's a app guided program that also is group oriented that allows us to really start to see the difference between when we are in our saboteur mind versus our sage. And most of us actually spend a lot of time being sabotaged by the thoughts in our head, whether we're judging people or, you know, like we said, when we're not setting boundaries, when we're not taking care of ourselves. That's coming from our saboteur place. And so it's a great way to also incorporate more self-care into your day and also do some of the things that the thing I love about this program is that it gives tips for when you're in that moment, right? So you are talking to the toxic person and you start to feel your energy getting sucked away. It gives you tips on how to do that and practice it. And it builds upon that so that you know instantaneously, like, oh, I have to do this step. So that's a, a new program I'm, I just launched. Um, it's built off of uh, another coach's work. His name is Shirzad, um, and he's just a brilliant man. So those are two of the ways people can work with me. All right, Jamie, I want to tell you again, thank you for being a guest. Thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared around emotional self-care. It has been truly awesome. Awesome. I am so happy we, we got to connect again. And I look forward to, you know, hearing what people, what people took away. All right. I just want to say that brings us to the end of this episode and thanks to Jamie Martin for joining us and I genuinely hope the tips Jamie shared on emotional self-care was beneficial as always thanks for listening to exploring the seasons of life podcast